Welcome to Christ Church Anglican. We hope that you are blessed by today's sermon. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. This will be a videotaped sermon that you're, as well as we will have it online on Sunday morning, you'll also see the same sermon at the services with me on the screen. So, uh, I apologize for y'all having to look at me on the big screen like that, but I'm so glad that the church is getting back together in public worship and that we'll begin to uh, develop these plans. Please be patient. Those who are attending public worship uh, know that uh, every uh, plan that has been put in place has really been thought through and that we will modify those as we go along as we no longer need them or as we realize that they need to be changed for uh, the sake of efficiency or, or just because uh, we're, we're ready not to be doing as much of that because things are better. So please hang in there, be patient, and uh, just celebrate the fact that we're back together and uh, this uh, public worship will return and grow throughout the summer and throughout the fall. God bless you all. I uh, always love the Feast of Pentecost. It is that uh, feast of the year when God is God and we are not. And it's a powerful moment, a powerful reminder that we are his instruments. And uh, it is he who uses us and empowers us. And we're going to talk about that tonight and this morning. I remember when I was a kid that I heard about a day lady in town in my little town of Pittsburgh, Texas, who saved her child by lifting up a car, flipping it on its side all by herself to rescue her loved one. And everybody was like, you can't do that. She's a tiny little girl. She couldn't have done that. And when people asked her about it, she said, I didn't even think about it. I just did it because I had to. My child was under that car. She had to have supernatural assistance to do that. And although that was a physical act, the same is true of powerful spiritual acts. We need supernatural assistance. And that help comes from God in the person of the Holy Spirit. This is what the book of Acts is all about. How the church got started and continued and continues today through the work and power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our power source for when God wants to do the impossible through us. Jesus knew this. As a matter of fact, he knew that no person can live the Christian life without the Holy Spirit. You were never meant to live the Christian life without the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus says in Acts chapter 1 to the disciples, don't do anything. Don't go anywhere. Wait here until my Father gives you the gift of the Holy Spirit and you are empowered, and then you will be my witnesses. Be Trying to be a Christian without the Holy Spirit is trying to be a functioning flashlight without batteries. You can't do much. But with the Holy Spirit, you become a witness in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The Feast of Pentecost began in the Jewish faith as a celebration of the harvest of crops. 
the celebration of God providing the growth. And instead of a harvest of crops celebration, the early church would come to know Pentecost as a harvest of souls. Once again, God provides the growth, but it's souls instead of crops. Overnight, the church would be realized, not a brick-and-mortar church. That never was the church anyway. But a church of people who had trusted their lives to Christ. The story takes place in Acts chapter 2 that we just heard read by Father Jonathan. I I want to share today three observations of this original Pentecost experience. These were Uh, Three happenings that are as true for us today as they were for the original disciples. First, the power of God comes upon us. Pentecost is certainly about the supernatural power of God, not our power. Verse 2 describes the blowing of a violent wind filling the house where these disciples were sitting. Imagine a tornado blowing inside your house. Blowing through your house, but on the inside. Power, potentially destructive power, humbling power. The Greek word for power here is dunamos, from which we get dynamite. And it was dynamite. Reminds me of in uh, the Chronicles of Narnia when Lucy asked if Aslan, the lion, who is a Christ figure, if Aslan is safe. And the answer was safe, no, but he's good. God's power is always good. But it may be humbling sometimes. I know you may not be like me, but I think a lot of us, sometimes we take God for granted. I know he loves me and I know nothing will ever stop that love, but on the other hand, I forget that his ways are not my ways. His thoughts are not my thoughts. That there is no real comparison between God and myself. As a matter of fact, if you want a good comparison, uh, as close as I can come is, God's a ballerina and I'm an oyster. Pentecost is about recognizing the power of God. It's about having your world shaken to the core. Having your life turned upside down. And realizing God is God and you are not. The early believers knew about myths and legends surrounding other religions. They remember the Greek and Roman gods. You probably studied those in school. They were powerful, but they were also downright mean at times, messing around with human lives as if the humans were nothing. But there is something different about this powerful one true God. He is all-powerful, and yet he is all-loving as well. Notice that even in the midst of all this potentially destructive power, that the Spirit of God, and this is the second point, that the Spirit of God rests gently on us. Did you catch that in the reading? There is this blowing of a violent wind, this tornado going through this room, and then what seemed like tongues of fire... But notice what happens next. Those tongues of fire separate. They originate out of one source that we learn is the Holy Spirit, the very Spirit of God himself. And then they separate. And they come to rest 
on each believer. That's an interesting usage of that word, or choice of that word. They don't invade the believer like an alien in a sci-fi movie. No, these tongues of fire, these manifestations of the Spirit, they come and gently rest on each believer. And that's a beautiful picture of the mercy of God. He who is so much stronger than any of us, so much more powerful, so much wiser, so much more in control. This God of all that is created lovingly comes to rest on his creation. The Israelites in the desert, they discovered a God of power and glory and mystery on Mount Sinai. But they also discovered a God who wanted to personally communicate to them through Moses to guide them and feed them and bring them into a land flowing with milk and honey. The people in the upper room at Pentecost, they found a powerful and mysterious God who came to rest gently on each one of them. And we find that same God when we humble ourselves and wait for his presence, rests on us. But the key is there to humble ourselves and wait for his presence. And then the third most amazing thing that happened at Pentecost is that the presence of God enabled people to do God's work. That's what the Holy Spirit is all about. This mysterious third person of the Trinity that is so hard to nail down, he comes to enable us to do what we could never do on our own. Like the mother in that opening account, he gives us supernatural strength or wisdom just when we need it. Or he gives us superhuman boldness as the apostles prayed for. Or some mysterious command of new languages to connect with people in new ways and to spread the gospel across the nations and boundaries and barriers. The Holy Spirit does all of this and empowers us. As Father Ted Nelson, a wonderful priest in the Dallas area, once said, do you know why God gives us the Holy Spirit? To make us useful. That's why we receive the Holy Spirit, so that we can be useful to God. Sure, there will always be doubters. Some in this Pentecost crowd jeered, you got to be drunk. But others, their lives were turned around forever. Peter preached with a newfound boldness. Yet, this same Peter, two weeks ago, or a few weeks ago, was denying Jesus. Now he's a new person, and he cuts right to the chase. Your sins put Jesus on the cross. So what do we do about it? He said, well, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Receive him as your Lord and your Savior. And they did. And 30,000 people were added to the church family on that day. The question isn't, does the Spirit work in the world today? The Spirit is alive and well. And God doesn't change, Scripture tells us. So that means the Holy Spirit is just as active and alive today as He was at Pentecost. The question is, are you ready to give yourself to God to be used by Him, empowered and equipped by the Holy Spirit. 
to receive the right words when you need them, the right presence of love and forgiveness and truth when you need it. Pentecost is not reserved to the 120 original believers. It is for you and for me. And the same God still speaks, still moves like a tornado, still rests on us like tongues of fire, still fills us to do the impossible. Our part is to wait and to watch and to listen and then to yield to God. Let's pray about it together. Holy God, please forgive us for putting you in a box, for thinking we have you all figured out. Please take away our complacency, our pride, our comfort, our selfishness, our self-centered living, and help us to wait on you. Help us to depend on you, to watch for you, to need you, to expect you to fill us with your spirit, to use us in supernatural ways that will bring the love of Christ and the call of Christ to people who need to repent, who need to turn their lives around, who need forgiveness and hope and purpose and love. Use us, Lord, like Moses and the ancient Israelites, like Isaiah, like the 120 gathered in that upper room. Use us today. We ask this in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, feel free to visit us online at ccanglican.com. We hope you will join us again soon.